out of bounds. Yo, you don't even know what stupid is. It's about to get all stupid up in here. If any of you need anything at all, too bad. Deal with your problems yourselves like adults. It's time. All right, let's do this. Match point, touchdown, etc. Welcome in. Glad to have you with us. We are live on the roar on a Thursday, February 29th, 2024. Thanks so much for joining us here on Out of Bounds. William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead live. Uh, ben is inside the Upcountry Fiber studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. I am in the Marriott in Winston-Salem, and uh, I'm on the 16th floor, so good luck finding me up here. Uh, we are uh, broadcasting here today because in about mm, five hours and 40 minutes from now, Sergio Lawrence and I will have the call of Clemson women's basketball taking on Wake Forest. Uh, their final week of regular season action before the ACC women's basketball tournament next week. So get excited for that. Uh, very, very excited to, to broadcast that one uh, for you tonight. And if you look at the ACC standings, this is, uh, this is a big game because Clemson right now is locked into the 12 seed pretty securely. Uh, Wake Forest can catch them with a couple of wins if the Tigers drop a couple games. And um, right now the Tigers, I think, um, they're a game and a half back of Georgia Tech, but they lost both games to Georgia Tech. So really they would have to win both. Uh, actually, no, they can't They can't actually pass Georgia Tech right now. Uh, they're two games back of Virginia. It's going to be tough for them to catch them because of what Virginia has left. So you're just trying not to fall further than 12th, and you're facing a Wake Forest team you've already beaten, trying to sweep them. So it's a uh, it's a it's a good day in that regard. Ben Milstead, how are you today, sir? I am I'm okay, Quack. I, I'm was just thinking as you brought us on the air. Maybe this time of year we change the name of the show from Out of Bounds to Out of Office. Just <laughs> it feels more appropriate, right? Yes, I uh, I would say so. Um, I, I heard I heard Brad and John talk about this yesterday. Uh, you play basically where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Um, and I, I would say February, March, and October are those months uh, where for our show you play where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where in the world is Out of Bounds? Where in the world is William Quackenbush? And out of office, I think, is really good. If we could get a couple rejoins in the hopper just for these times of year mm -hmm. that just, you know, just randomly throw in out of office, see if we can throw people off. I actually think that would be good for business. I think it would be good for the show. Have people guess where I am. That, that, might, uh, that might actually be fun, too. We could do that. Uh, you, speaking of Brad and John, uh, a very happy birthday to our great friend John Hype, who is a, a leap year baby. So it, it's funny. Quack, I know four people whose birthday is today, uh, including John and my wife's late aunt. And I, I've always thought how odd that would be to be, you know, to not have a birthday technically. What, let, me, let me say this. What, what, do, what do you do? Do you still do you keep it in the month? Do you celebrate on March the 1st? Like in the other three years, which we are now calling leap years, this, this being a non-leap year, we're now calling the others leap years because that's, that's what makes sense 
and out of bounds. We have uh, out of bounds geography. We have out of bounds history. Uh, we have out of bounds English, and now we have out of bounds calendar. And this is out of bounds calendar right here. What do you do in the other three years? Are you a proponent of keep it in February? Or treat March 1st like February 29th? Oh, no. I think your birthday is always going to be February 28th until it's not. Because when you're a kid, okay. you, want, you want to get to those presents quicker, right? So, That's good. Yeah, you want to get to those presents quicker. And you keep it in the same birth month, too, so... There you go. That that's what uh, I would do. Alan from Belton has a birthday today too. Said he turned fourteen today. John is turning nine. Is that right? Did I do my math right on that? I, I, I don't. I don't know. I think. <laughs> I think that's right. I think. I uh, John. Every, everybody wish John had a happy ninth. Hey, birthday. John Height, come here. <laughs> this is amazing on air Come i here. think that i think my math is right on that i really do i think my math is right how old are you today 36. no how old are you today no nine yes. nine N yeah. okay Thir you're 36 <laughs> jeez you're old i didn't realize you were that old i knew he was older than me yeah uh you have i, I think it's great that leap years are between dog years and people years i just think that's good I think everybody – I think that just is proof that everybody who's born February 29th is, in fact, a werewolf, that we put your age between dog years and human years. A text from the 864 says, I'm 56 today, so what that means is you're, you're 14. You're 14. There you go. Um, all right, 654-ROAR uh, is the number if you'd like to join us. 654 I can I tell you the thing that I love the most about today is the number of people that were I thought I might be on an island continuing to be snarky about the Duke situation. Um, did you see Duke men's basketball, the, the picture that they used um, to tout their win over Louisville last night was, in fact, a picture of Kyle Filipowski and was people, it the crying emoji or another one? It was a it was a different one. It was a different one. It was I'm trying to find it. Ba, 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 ba. Um maybe it wasn't the last one. It was one of the ones in here and people were commenting on it and uh basically saying that um you know, amputee Kyle Filipowski getting to play is a win for <laughs> humanity. Um great that Kyle Filipowski was raised from the dead to be able to compete against Louisville tonight. Unbelievable. Um, there were some there were some interesting Jesus jokes about spending three days buried and coming back. Um, there was a there was a lot going on, on Twitter last night on my timeline, even for people I didn't follow, and that just shows you that Elon Musk knows that I would appreciate I would appreciate all of the Kyle Filipowski jokes last night. Um, it just it it's it was a it was a beautiful thing. Ben, did it uplift your soul to see? A deceased Kyle Filipowski or an amputee Kyle Filipowski able to play college basketball with such a quick turnaround. I'm, I'm, uh, ask again. I was on the phone. Sorry. Oh, okay, very good. I'm, I'm so sorry about that. I was just saying, like, to what level did it warm your heart to see either amputee Kyle Filipowski or recently deceased Kyle Filipowski playing college basketball last night? Well, I, I did tune into the beginning of that game, really to make to see if. He was in the starting lineup and or in a wheelchair, and he, he, he was there. And really, that's the only reason that you would tune in to Louisville at Duke. 
my gosh, Louisville's such a such a bad team. <laughs> how okay? How? I, and I, I, I actually I know my answer to this question. <laughs> Texture said, "Comeback Player of the Year." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, jeez. I am. Uh, I I am convinced that Louisville is in fact one of the worst teams I've ever seen. But the problem is, you have to really look to see it, and the. The beautiful thing is, like Mark Ennis, our very good friend from ESPN Radio up in uh, up in Louisville, um, he is the one that's pointing out like the worst possessions of the game. Like, have you have you seen the one where they tried to play a one three one zone and literally no one has their hands up, and so Duke is just passing over the top of every defender and gets a layup. Like it's it's one of it's one of the worst things. They could have been sitting in a circle playing duck duck goose and done an equally good job of defending. There was another one where they played a zone that I couldn't ever really figure out where the ball got immediately to the middle. And, like, there was a lot of activity, but it was just people running around. Like, they didn't really know where they were supposed to be or what they were supposed to be doing. And uh, the ball got immediately into Filipowski for a, uh, for a jump shot right outside the lane. It just it, – it's a, it's a beautiful thing, and Kenny Payne's to be commended for, uh, for raising up a basketball team that is so good at looking atrocious. <laughs> like, there's a, there's a way to be bad by accident, and there's a way to be bad on purpose, and I'm convinced this team is bad on purpose. I really am. I, I, um, yeah, I, did, not, I did, know, did not know what to expect of Kenny Payne when he was hired, but he put together a pretty good staff, and I, I, again, I'm, I'm not sure what I expected, but I don't think anybody expected this. It, it's just not good, and I, you know, I feel bad for him because, you know, although Louisville at at one point you could argue was was maybe a blue blood type program, uh, it doesn't have that kind of. I mean, there there's been so much turmoil in that athletic department or and around basketball itself there. It just felt like an impossible job, and and unfortunately for him, it's going to turn out to be an impossible job. Uh, Eric Crawford, who uh, works at WDRB up in uh, Louisville, he actually he actually wrote a column last night. It says numbering the days of uh, Kenny Payne as Louisville season draws to a painful close. There's one part in there that I really enjoy that I'm trying to find right now uh, that talks about how okay, here we go. It says Payne's two-year winning percentage after Wednesday's 84 to 59 loss at Duke is 200. In 19, 13, 14, and 15, Louisville played three full seasons without a head coach. Its winning percentage was 360. So, <laughs> co- coachless Louisville from 110 years ago had a significantly better winning percentage than Kenny Payne. Can you imagine? He in two years they have lost 80 percent of their basketball games. Eighty percent. Louisville, Louisville. Louisville. I I know. I I keep looking at the standings and seeing Louisville down there last, and it just it just doesn't compute. Still. Uh, I thought it was an an appropriate slap in the face too that Duke handled this quad four opponent by twenty five and fell in the net ratings on the same night where, for example, um, you know Baylor is sitting at fourteen. With five quad one wins, uh, you know we're having this this full fledged conversation about quad ones. Texas is sitting at thirty four with nine quad four wins. 
all these teams with quad four wins that have made their way up the rankings, and yet uh, and yet uh, Duke falls by two spots because of that. Now, I'd also point out that the teams that moved ahead of them in the net rankings, which, I mean, these are marginal changes. I just thought it was hilarious. Uh, Marquette beat Providence by 100,000, which is uh, another way of saying 22. And Creighton, who I believe was up 60 to 4 at one point, it seemed like every time I, I looked at this score, they were way up on Seton Hall. Um, well, Marquette, for that matter, was also up big early. Uh, they won by 21. So it may have been that they just won by enough to be able to make it work. But, um, but yeah, Duke falls by two despite beating Louisville by 25 last night. Um, just interesting that ACC, uh, ACC teams are now bearing the brunt of, of quad four losses. Um, can we get to – I'll tell you what. We never take phone calls the first segment. I want to take it, though, because uh, Tom wants to get in about NIL, and we'll squeeze that in before our first break. 654-ROAR is the number, 654-7627. On the phones or on the Adams and Coverfield text line, a lot of basketball, a lot of college football today, too. Dabo's winning at a 45-minute press conference. We have thoughts on it. We have conversations that we want to get into about it, so we'll get to that as well. First, though, let's get Tom before we hit our next break. Tom, what's up, man? Hey, I, I wanted to call back to the NIL discussion, and I don't know whether this has been offered as a solution, but the way I think it should be solved, and this goes back a year ago or two years ago when this all began, the presidents of the universities need to take over what they own, the stadium, the team, the name, and they decide all across the country they get together pre-making these decisions how this is going to go and throw out NCAA, I guess, throw out NIL and make make things move forward as college football should. That's that's all I'm saying. You know what, Tom? I think it's a good point. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much. Uh, Dabo Sweeney did say that, and, and he's right. I mean, the 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 way to bring things back into focus in college football is going to have to come through presidents because he said uh, yesterday there was one point in the press conference he was asked about this stuff, and he said, uh, I have a Ph.D. in 18- to 23-year-olds. He said this is the only profession in the world where the experts actually don't have a say, and it's the presidents of the schools that are going to have to get a handle on this. I mean, we could parlay this into a discussion of going from a 12- to 14-team playoff with – staggering amounts of automatic bids based on how much media money your conference gets or whatever. I, I'm Ben, can I tell you, I, I will have this conversation, and I, I'm good with it because I have thoughts. This is a conversation that makes me tired because I feel like we're, we're constantly having these discussions, and, and every decision that's made I feel like is either weirder or worse for college football. Um. I don't know. Where do you stand on this? We'll we'll get to it more on the other side, but I'm just – before we get into the specific conversation, it makes me tired trying to fix the sport every day as people continue to try to make it worse, it seems. Yeah, we can talk more on the other side, but uh, tired is a good way to describe it. And, Quark, I felt like that was the tone of what Dabo Sweeney had to say You know, when he was – he was asked about it multiple times yesterday and there was this sense that he was just tired of talking about it and was frustrated that, you know, was frustrated with those who have already stopped talking about it. And he talked about, you know, coaches that don't show up to coaches conventions anymore because there's no need. 
in showing up because nobody's going to listen to him anyway. You know, it, there was just that, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just tired of, uh, tired of all this. Was the the tone that I got? Correct. I, I would, I would say he had some interesting comments on that perspective. I was surprised to hear him sort of sound that way. We'll discuss on the other side. Six five four roar is the number. Much more on Davis when he's press conference, expanded playoff, college basketball. We got all that coming up next. East Main Furniture and Easley, where every day is a sale day. Come find deals on living room, bedroom, dining room, lamps, rugs, mattresses, and occasional furniture. Brands like Lazy Boy, England, Best, Ashley, Catnapper, Liberty Furniture, and Von Bassett. All at discounted prices. If they don't stock it, they can special order it for you. Now offering up to 12 months. Same as cash on purchases over $300. East Main Furniture located at 829 East Main Street, Easley. Or call 864-442-6054 today. Get ready to discover incredible savings with Fort Hill Natural Gas. Say goodbye to seasonal worries and embrace year-round savings by adding gas appliances with cash rebates to your home. But that's not all. Call the office now and find out how you may qualify for residential volume user rate, adding even more value to your energy savings. Ready to start saving big? Visit FHNGA.com and explore the rebate page for more details. Don't let turnover stall your business. HTI is the Upstate's trusted attraction and retention partner. We work with employers to provide all things workplace, including recruiting, staffing, HR services, team building, and leadership training. Call Ryan at 513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate today. Again, call Ryan at 513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate today. Medicare. If you're about to turn 65, you're being absolutely bombarded with messages. Your mailbox is beyond full, and Joe Namath tells you every single day to get the benefits you deserve. How do you make sense of it all? It's confusing, frustrating, and even overwhelming. But it doesn't have to be. The decisions that you make today could affect you for the rest of your life. So let's make sure that you make the right ones for you. One size doesn't fit all. Give me a call for a free no obligation appointment to help you make sense of it all. 864-467-8738. That's 864-467-8738. I'm Guy the Insurance Guy. My company is The Insurance Source and what we do is simple. We make health insurance easier. plumber fast. I always call one Tom plumber. One Tom what? Here, dial the number one, then Tom plumber. Or just tell your smartphone to call one Tom plumber. They promise to be there in an hour. Call the plumber whose name is his number. One Tom plumber. One Tom plumber. Whether you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, see for yourself why the team at Ralph A's Toyota and Anderson has been blocking out the competition for 75 years. PJ Hall here, letting you know if you want to stay on time during the regular and postseason, Ralph A's Toyota has your next ride. From their certified pre-owned to all their new 2024 Toyotas, South Carolina's oldest Toyota dealer welcomes you. Ralph A's Toyota, Clemson Boulevard, Anderson. We wrote the book on price. Ralph A's Toyota. 
some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzy, Rizm Kism of Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzy, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Sky Rizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Sky Rizzy, there's nothing on my skin, and that means everything. doctor today about Sky Rizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZY to learn more. Powered by Upcountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Here at The Roar, every day is game day. We are 105.5 and 97.5, The Roar. Hour one continues out of bounds. William Pogginbush, Ben Milstead, we are live. A multi-site show here today. Glad to have you along for the ride. 654 Roars the number. We already brought up, uh, we brought up NIL, or Tom brought up NIL. We're talking about changes to the game. Actually, I've had a couple of discussions already this morning from people, um, phone discussions and texting about the the 14-team playoff. We, we both came out against the 14-team playoff, and I think probably both of us are sort of in agreement, Ben, that We'd like to see how a 12-team playoff goes first before the 14-team playoff gets into uh, is, is sort of adopted. I guess I can kind of see the logic here, but I I'm curious because I I, I kind of had the same sense that like Dabo Sweeney is is tired of shouting into the abyss about these issues and trying to suggest solutions that never happen and trying to warn against things that happened. And people freak out. And, and essentially, I mean, he was asked a question yesterday about, you know, you, you're somebody who has said a lot of things you get flack for and then you end up being right. And he basically was like, I mean, I don't need credit, but yeah. I mean, you know, the people who are around the game every day can see this coming and then everybody else is shocked when the people who are around the game every day are right. It does seem like he's gone from really going, like, going to bat for the good of the game to basically being like, you know what, screw it. If you guys aren't going to care what I say, I'm tired of talking about it. I'll, I'll share with people who care, but my job is to coach football. Did You, you kind of got that same sense from Dabo yesterday, I take it. Yeah, I did. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like, as you said, we just have spent an enormous amount of time talking about things that are not related to on the field the on the field part of athletics over the last couple of years. And, and it just would be nice if it just, you know, if we could just settle down, have a, have a couple of months where nothing is, nobody's suing anybody. Nothing is, is in, 
turmoil. You know, we could just settle down and relax. Um, could we just have, you know, we used to call this the dead period, uh, you know, the quiet period of sports between, you know, January and, and August 1st. And you used to think on radio anyway, like, oh boy, you know, here, here comes the hard part. I, I'd kind of like that, like it to be hard again. I'd kind of like it where there weren't any storylines in sports for a while. <laughs> you know what? It does make content easier, but it is it really is a it is a frustrating conversation to say what is so what is so obviously true that so many people who are around the game and watching the game agree with. Like no one is really no one is really disagreeing that there are concerns about a 12 team playoff and and maybe, you know, we understand why, but maybe we should like wait a few years and it's it's like the powers that be just are are totally removed from that discussion. They have no access to people. They have no access to the world. They have no access to opinions outside of money makers and administrative meetings. And so they're they're literally they're siloed. They are, um, you know, to 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 borrow. It's like a, you know, Marie Antoinette. Uh, it's it's a Marie Antoinette situation where you've got this ruling class who just has has no contact with the with the people. That's a little bit of a botchery in terms of. Uh, like I'm not trying to put anybody on the guillotine, but the but the, the the point is like when you when you start further separating the ruling class from the opinions of people, at some point it reaches a boiling point, and I feel like not just with the 14 team playoff, but with NIL, with the calendar, with the portal. I mean, Dabo said before they ever had an early signing period, I was saying they need an early signing period, and yesterday he basically said, I don't care where they put it, I just know that I don't want it where it is right now. So it it sounded like a guy who is is pretty much done with like prescriptions, and just is saying like you know what I'm just going to tell people what I don't like, and then since they're not listening to me, I'll just let somebody else try to figure that out. And if I don't like it, I'm going to say that again. I mean that's that's really that's what we're talking about here, right? Mm-hmm. Is the is is the the perspective of somebody who has had solutions, who has done this a million times before, and knows what would be good, and knows what other coaches are doing. And no one will listen, and so he knows that all he can do is just basically gripe about it until somebody decides on their own what a solution is as long as it's not the thing that they're doing right now. Period. Uh, that's that's what Dabo Sweeney's sort of – that's what he's arguing at this point. Yeah, and part of him being tired sounding yesterday too could be that, you know, that we there are a couple in the, a couple in the clips of media pool that – feel like they're trying to always bait him into saying something controversial. And even when – I think maybe Coach Sweeney's realizing that even when he's not controversial, it is controversial because it's coming from him, even though he's saying the same thing everybody else is saying. So, you know, like his his interaction with, with, uh, with one journalist yesterday, it was almost guarded. Like, yeah, no, uh, you know, this is, this is the start of spring practice. I want to focus on my team. You're not going to bait me into this stuff. Let me get your thoughts on the new proposal. This is uh, there have been a number of stories that have been written on this. Um, this this very new uh, this very new proposal of 14 teams, and uh, you know uh, all, all the the divvying up of the automatic bids. There is optimism to actually start this in 2026. So if this passes, um, according to Pete Family and Heather Dinich. We would have 
two years of a 12-team playoff before it would go to uh, to 14 teams. And the format would be three automatic qualifiers for the SEC, three automatic qualifiers for the Big Ten, two automatic qualifiers apiece for the ACC and the Big 12, one automatic qualifier for the group of five, three at-large spots, uh, and then one spot reserved for Notre Dame. If they're in the top 14, they would automatically get into the field. Um, if not, then there would be four at-large spots. What's your thought on this new model that is being rolled out before we ever actually experience what now is the old model? Uh, you know, they they completely lost me when you're now trying to dictate automatic. Let me back up. Let me start that nonsense over. Automatic qualifiers need to be conference champions. Yes. Period. That that's that's my thought. Automatic qualifiers need to be conference champions. Period. Um, in in some in some years that's going to mean well maybe there were there were uh, only two teams from the SEC good enough to be in it, and that's all there'll be. Other years maybe there'll be five that are good enough. But to say that you that you're going to have three automatic qualifiers from two from from two different conferences, I think is incredibly presumptuous that you're going to have that many good teams to begin with. And and I know that sounds crazy, but you don't know. You don't know what that's going to be three years from now, or four years from now. I mean, things change so fast. So what is what is the purpose? in automatic qualifiers outside of a conference champion. If and and you know that the Big 10 and the and the SEC is driving this, if you think you're good enough, then you're good enough. You don't need automatic qualifiers. That's right. I I think this is a bit of a it's it's a carrot to the other leagues like the ACC and the Big 12 while also giving the SEC and the Big Ten more assurances, this is what ultimately is going to happen, okay? And I, I, have a, I will admit um, I, I, I subscribe to the theory that I think not everything is a, is a five-layer conspiracy designed to overturn the system. Like um, one political commentator that I uh, listen to sometimes says that politics is more like Veep than House of Cards, and we think it's House of Cards, but it's actually Veep. It's people stumbling over themselves and being idiots. And I think sometimes this is this is what happens here, that we think there's some grand conspiracy. But I do think this is a way that a team like Florida State could use to help further an argument against the ACC. Because what's going to happen here is the SEC and the Big Ten are assuring themselves of a greater proportion of the payout. Not because of what they earn on the field, to your point, but because of what is contrived in a boardroom. In other words, the ACC is now negotiating on behalf of the SEC and the Big Ten getting more of a piece of the pie out of a 14-team playoff. And so a gap that already exists in revenue and a gap that already exists in terms of access is going to get wider. And oh, by the way, who gets the three at-large spots? If you think two ACC teams get uh, two of those three at-large spots, I think you're a crazy person. I think those are mostly going to go to SEC and Big Ten schools. I mean, don't, don't you agree? I mean, yeah. this, is, this is a way to sound like you're giving more access when in reality you are assuring, based on nothing that happens on the field, that the SEC and the Big Ten who already have more money than everybody else are going to continue to get more money from another place than everybody else. 
And so I think you, if you're if you're trying to argue a, a, a failing in your fiduciary duty of the ACC, this is something I think you could take to a courtroom. Have you seen anywhere, Quark, the rationale between why two conferences would each have three automatic qualifiers and the ACC and the Big 12 would only have two each? Have you seen any any rationale for what the why they are breaking it down that way no i i haven't and you know what I, we probably won't and the reason we won't is because it would be admitting what everybody knows but no one is saying right now and it's that the acc and the big 12 are second are fully second tier leagues you know nobody is using power two outside of like maybe the you know when the sec and the big 10 come together for the betterment of college athletics they're not calling themselves anything they're not admitting that they're better than everybody else they're just using the collective knowledge that we all have that they are in fact better than everybody else and they do have better programs and they do have more money than everybody else to sort of wield a bigger stick in these discussions i don't think we will actually see a rationale people will expect us to connect the dots for why this is a thing and more more fully why the ACC and the Big 12 would sign off on this because their fear is that if they don't, they won't get a second team. Yeah. It'll be all SEC and Big 10 teams in there and all the at-large spots. Yeah, and I mean, and that is one way of that is one way of looking at it. I just I want to know the motivation behind it because is it? I, I would imagine the Big 10 and the SEC are saying just that, saying, look. We're just trying to make sure that you guys get a get at least two two places at the table. When I just don't think that I, I think that is a convenient selling point that's not accurate. Uh, I, I'm waiting on them. You know, I would imagine too they're going to talk about maybe the number of teams, but and I just had to do the had to count them up because I can't remember anymore. Big, <laughs> I mean, Big Twelve is going to have sixteen teams. ACC is going to have seventeen uh, football. Uh, team. That's right. Yeah, seventeen for and, now. You know, Big Ten is going to have eighteen. So, like, it's you can't say it's about the number of teams, really. I, I I don't know. Every when I hear this reference, I mean, in the last twenty four hours, every time I hear somebody say something about, well, these two get three AQs and these two get two AQs, I, for some reason, I picture the Titanic, the movie. And where, well, see, you're a first class citizen and you're a second class citizen and you're down there with the, with the rats in the bottom. Like, that's what it feels like you're saying. And that goes against everything that we have talked about in sports where we need to do away with power five and group of five. And we're all in this together. And that's the way the 12 team model was set up where, uh, in, in theory, every conference champion has a fair shake. Before it's ever taken to the field, we now want to separate people again. I, I just don't understand that. Here's another question, and I want us to ponder this during the break, and we'll talk about it on the other side. Where and Somebody actually pointed this out to me this morning. It's a great question, and I, I don't have an answer because none of these stories have the answer because some of this really hasn't been, uh, it hasn't been fully fleshed out yet. In the case of these four conferences that get multiple bids, who gets the second bid? How do we decide? Is it the college football playoff committee that gets to decide? 
Is it your conference runner-up that automatically goes and the Cosmoball Playoff Committee decides the third team of the other conferences? How do we do this? I want to think about that on the other side because that could lead to a whole host of other outcomes in this. We'll discuss. 654-ROAR is the number. Hour number one continues out of bounds right after this. This Saturday, the Clemson Tigers are headed up to South Bend, Indiana to take on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. As the month of March begins, the Tigers look to create momentum with a win on the road. Broadcast begins with pregame starting at 7.15. Catch it all right here on the Clemson Athletic Network. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Checking in with my good friend Morgan Coleman, trusted real estate professional in the upstate. Okay, Morgan, since you've been on the air with us, the real estate market has changed a lot, uh, especially over the past six months or so. So tell me, what does the current real estate landscape look like right now? The current market is back to a neutral market. During the height of COVID, we were heavily in a seller's market with about two months worth of active inventory on the market. Now that pendulum has swung back towards a neutral market, closer towards that six months worth of active inventory. We still have not fully caught up with the active inventory, but buyers have some negotiating power and it is crucially important for sellers to get their home show ready and to be priced accordingly to the current market, not 18 months ago. Thanks, Morgan. That's Morgan Coleman of Joan Herlong & Associates, Sotheby's International Realty. To get in touch, give her a call at 864-313-7639. William Nichols from Scores Jewelers. You know, I'm very fortunate to work in an industry that's almost entirely focused on celebrating life's good times and milestones. Like the anniversary highlighting 5, 10, 15 years or more spent with your best friend, birthdays and Christmases, and maybe the biggest day of all, the marriage of two people. Her engagement ring is more than just a diamond and a piece of gold. On the day it's given as a gift, it becomes a meaningful symbol marking the start of your new life together. In a few years, you won't remember the price tag on her engagement ring, but you will remember that look on her face when you open the box. That moment of sheer joy and excitement that says so many things to her that you could never express in words. This is the true value of a ring. The reason these things are handed down from one generation to the next. She's the one. Show her with the ring from Scores Jewelers. We'll help you find or make the perfect ring that says everything you want to say the moment you open the box for her. I'm William Nichols of Scores Jewelers and Anderson and online at ScoresDiamondJewelers.com and I want to be your jeweler. Attention golf cart fans, Salty Fries has expanded to Greenville, bringing us the number one number golf cart, the Icon EV, voted by thousands to be the number one overall best golf cart brand and the best street legal golf cart in 2023. Come experience the difference. Best yet, Salty Fries golf carts of Greenville can customize the Clemson-themed golf cart of your dreams. Save up to $2,000 during the end of the model year closeout sale. Salty Fries on Highway 183 in Piedmont and at SaltyFriesFryes.com. Hey Clemson, we need your help. Supporting the Clemson Tigers is in our blood, and so is giving back to our community. You can do that by donating blood with the Blood Connection. Every two seconds, someone needs a blood transfusion. Our local hospitals rely on community blood donors just like you to help our fellow Tiger fans in need. When you donate blood with TBC, you know your donation is making a difference right here in the upstate. Just go to thebloodconnection.org donate to make your appointment to save lives today.
We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain. But we don't speak Spanish. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. Babbel's conversational method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿De dónde eres? ¿De dónde eres? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Estoy muy emocionado para ir a España contigo. Aw, he just said, I'm very excited to go to Spain with you. Nos vamos a divertir mucho. And that means we're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> sí. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Clemson's new music venue, The Basement, presents Nashville recording artist Trey Lewis live on Friday, March 8th. Doors open at 7 p.m. and show starts at 9. Don't miss Trey Lewis at The Basement. 21 and over, located behind It's Your Wiener Restaurant and Bar. Get your tickets now at TheBasementClemson.com. Nashville recording artist Trey Lewis at The Basement in Clemson, Friday, March 8th. Don't miss it. It's hoop season here at The Roar, and we've got you covered all day long. We are The Roar, where every day is game day. Hour one continues out of bounds. William Plockenbush, Ben Milstead live inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios and uh, right here in the uh, downtown Marriott in Winston-Salem. Glad to have you here on a Thursday. We're talking college football playoff 14-team bracket and expansion even before we uh, get to 12. I think most people are upset about this. it seems like both most people were kind of starting to get on board with 12 and were okay with it, but, you know, it it took a little while, and I, I just think people are like, what what are we doing here? We, we literally just we just convinced ourselves on 12, and now we're going to expand it again. Are, are, are people as bothered by just the timing of this as I am? Because, like, what has happened in the last month that would make you – a month ago, Quark, were negotiating – 12 team and finalizing that and now we're already fast forwarding the 14 team and i mean the ink's not even dry on the 12 team set up yet or am i alone in the just i'm just frustrated by the timing of this yes well you're not alone yes people are frustrated by the timing of this so no to your question people are frustrated and i think people have a right to be frustrated because here's the thing at some point in this whole thing, fans aren't just going to be dragged kicking and screaming to the next thing. At some, we, we keep talking about that, and I, I, I don't think it's right now, but I, I do think there is, there is a point all the time. There is always a point where you're going to just start having to say, no, we're, we're, not, we're not doing this anymore. Or you're going to have to give us a better reason than, just trust us because they, they these people are not trustworthy 
in terms of making decisions for the good of the game. They're trustworthy in making decisions for the good of the bottom line, their own bottom line, not even the bottom line of others, but they're, they're good at, um, at, 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 uh, at, at trying to figure out how to make themselves more money. But they're not good at figuring out how to, how to serve fans. They're not good at figuring out how to serve players. Can I tell you the one thing that I, that I, I, would, be, I would be totally for this, and I don't care about anything else. I would be totally for this if this is what they said. All of the revenue that comes from a 14-team playoff that wouldn't have been there for a 12-team playoff, we're going to give that to the players. I'll be totally for that. I am tired of requiring fans to pay more money for TV subscriptions and tickets and athletic, uh, you know, like like your IPTA membership and all this stuff. I'm, I'm tired of all that stuff going up. And I'm tired of fans being asked to pay more for concessions and more for this and more for that. And they got to fund NIL and all this stuff. And we still haven't had one single time that anybody from the NCAA has offered to pay any of the media revenue to players. We keep finding ways to make more money and – all, all fans want it, and I would say the median fan probably is okay with players getting, getting the money that they earned. But all of this money, as it stands right now, all of this extra actual revenue is going to go into the pockets of administrators and conferences and schools and athletic budgets and all this stuff, and none of this is going to players. Yeah, Claude, no, the- I, I disagree with that, man. It, it's not going in the pocket of administrators. And, and when it goes to athletic budgets, it is going to, it is going to student-athletes. It is. I. I mean. I. There. We do. We just gave them nil, man. Uh, you know. And I don't. I don't know. I. You. You're. You're welcome to look at it that way. I just. I see it differently. When it goes into an athletic budget, it is going to the players. It might be in the form of better facilities. It might be in the form of more. You know. Uh. uh better. Better forms of travel. All of that stuff. But I, I don't think I don't think you're doing this so that you can get rich as administrators and coaches and things like that. I listen, I agree with that. I, I'm not I'm not saying that they're all putting it in their pockets. And I agree that a lot of that money, I mean, they're a nonprofit, they gotta use the money, they use it for the benefit of players. I, I'm good with all that. My point is simply this we continue to see uh, media entities doling out more money, and we continue to see budgets going up and up and up. And this entire time, the only thing that people have said is the money that players help generate, they should get a piece of. They're still not getting a piece of that money. That, that's, that's my thing. The, the, the cost of players is going up. We're consistently having to go back to fans and say, raise the money and donors and everybody else, raise, the, raise more money so we can buy the next player that's exactly the same as the player before, but now it costs $50,000 more. Now it costs seventy five thousand more dollars, and there's more media revenue coming in that the players aren't seeing. That's my point. That this this entire enterprise was based on the argument that the players should get a portion of media revenue, and we're generating more media revenue, and the players are seeing zero of that. I I, I must have missed that conversation. Honestly, I I don't remember that being a talking point for expansion. But I mean, you you may be right. I honestly I I just I don't recall that at all. Um, well, I don't think it's I don't think it's a topic for expansion. I don't think that's what we're talking about with expanding the playoff. I just mean that was the nexus behind NIL to begin with. That because of increased revenues and because of more revenue streams and because of bloated coach salaries and because of nine-figure budgets and because of all this stuff that had skyrocketed that people thought it was okay that the players would see some of that. And the players currently are getting paid, but they are still seeing none of that money. That's my point. 
that we if we're gonna if we're gonna create more revenue stream and the government's gonna keep striking us down until we give them more of that money anyway. They're gonna keep telling us to give them more of that money and continue to continue to try to institutionalize it. Nobody's putting that on the table. Yeah, and you know what? And just as honest as I can be, I could care less about it. I, I could care less about it. It's still an amateur sport. You still play this voluntarily. You are not owed a freaking dime outside of your scholarship. And that's that's the way I feel about it, and I'm sorry. That's that's the stance that I'm, I'm taking. If you don't like the model, don't play the sport. It's that simple. Go go be a normal student, pay your own way. But but this entitlement bullcrap that is among sports right now has got to stop. And and you are not entitled to more money. If, if you are entitled to quitting if you want to do that. But you are not entitled to more money. I, I that's that's just me. Let's go to Mike and Anderson on this. 654 uh, Sorry, we we lost Mike. Oh, we lost Mike. Yeah. Okay, so Te- uh, so we won't go to Mike. Sorry about that. Uh, Texture did say uh, earlier, talking about the expansion, uh, what's wrong with more football? And listen, I say that all the time. When I you're agree talking that. about the Bulls. There's nothing wrong with more football. That's not my point. It's just the more football, these I'm, I can't process in my brain clock what, how many more games. We're talking maybe two more games, three more games in the whole bracket. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like two more games for four teams. It's is in, all it is. In this case, it's not about more football. It's the more football that you're adding now changes every other football game. Every football game that's played from September 1st to the end, it they all somehow change with the addition of a couple of more games. In 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 how you get into a in, into a, a playoff in the importance of those games and also the fact that we just we were just given more games that we haven't even had time to enjoy yet because we're already looking forward to the next greatest thing my issue is not more football i'm in favor of that play every saturday around the calendar i'm good with that (laughs) Listen, I, I'm I'm with you. I think some of this, and you 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 tell me if I'm wrong on this. I think some of this is that we we do think there's an ulterior motive. Besides, like if they were just giving us more football and we were cool with that, don't we think there's some ulterior motive or some other game at play, some deeper, darker, sinister force, some cutthroat thing that somebody's posturing for? Like we because of what we've seen in the past from from these types of decisions. We can't just take at face value that it's football because somebody's getting stabbed in the back on this thing. I think I think that's ultimately what is what is surrounding all of these decisions is just a lack of trust that the people in charge are going to do what's right for people. And that's kind of I mean to take us back to Dabo for a minute. That's kind of what Dabo is getting at. Like the people that can fix it don't have a say, and the and and so why, why am I wasting my breath? trying to get common sense solutions right right and so that's, and that's, I, I think that's part of it too me too you know that he brought up a great point about coach i never thought about that about coaches not having not really having a voice in in these things and they are they are the experts in this field yeah the other thing is and kind of back to your point for a moment 
uh, in as we talk about expansion and more games and things like that, how is it, what is the mechanism by which we ask players what they want? You know, now I, we, I might disagree with you on paying them for that, but I, I firmly believe they need a, they should have a voice on how long a season is. And you know, it doesn't mean that they might not get their way, but they they should be they should have a voice in this right yes and, and I, I agree and maybe they do and i don't but but i don't know how that i don't know how that conversation happens well it goes back to the discussion we had about the video game last week where you've got some adults in the room going no 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 uh just because you think that $600 and a copy of the game is enough that you don't actually know anything no we know better than you what you want is that kind of a thing? No one is actually asking the players. I hadn't even. I have not heard a single player say six hundred dollars is not enough for the video game. But a lot of adults who think they know better, who who think that they can make decisions for players, would say that that's that's not enough. That's that's uh, that that's lowballing them. Uh, I do think players need a voice in this. And by the way, once again, the moral high ground of we're, we're of player safety and these sorts of things, where we're making rule changes and all this stuff. Ben, I like. At some point, you just can't say that anymore. Um, now, again, it's it's one game for four teams. It's two extra games going from 12 to 14. But we keep talking about limiting contact and limiting exposure and limiting this and limiting that, but we're increasing the number of games that now 14 teams are playing. When it was four, it was like, okay, that's fine. Now it's 14. The next time it's going to be 16. When is it so many teams that now, like, a lot of a lot of teams are doing it? And then when the group of five breaks off and they have their own playoff, now you've got even more athletes that are more exposed. And like you said, nobody's asking athletes, hey, is, is 16 games too many? Is 15 games too many? Is 17 games too many? We don't have an answer on that. We, we definitely don't. A uh, lot of good texts on this. 654-ROAR is the number, 654-7627. I like this from Dan in Charleston. Um, says, actually, oh, there we go. It says, I agree, Ben. If the company I work for makes more money, I don't have the right to ask for some of it. I get paid when I get paid, and if I don't like it, I can go work somewhere else. I Ultimately, that's true. That's 100% true. Um, and another text, there's a text right below that says, it's not entitlement if you're working and earning it. Entitlement is something you're owed without doing anything else. I mean, I, I, I do see both sides. I see both sides. I get, um, I, I get, I'm getting really hot and bothered about this. I'm getting upset. Not, not upset like, like mad at anybody, but I get frustrated when there, there seem to be things happening under the guise of solutions that aren't solving anything. Right. I fail to see what problem a 14-team playoff solves that it doesn't create. And that's, that's great, ultimately... That's a great way of putting it, Quark. That, that's, ultimately, that's ultimately my point. If you could solve some sort of problem, either in the courts or with your schedule, by doing it, great. But I don't understand what problem it solves without creating one. And uh, we'll talk about this more on the other side. We've got Morgan Coleman. We also have to get to some of the football stuff. The Dabos, when he talked about yesterday, including some interesting comments about Kate Klubnik and some other things related to the team. Hour two is next. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar. Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, it's bigger game days and bolder fight nights. I mean, where else can you find a scratch kitchen that always comes in clutch? Every day, from lunch to late night. Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. 
One of the best things about Clemson is the family atmosphere, and that's what we strive to offer at Harrison's. When my parents started Harrison's over 25 years ago, they weren't thinking about how fast they could grow. They focused on providing hardworking folks excellent customer service and the best workwear and work boots. And now we have 